Hi everyone. My name is Vicki and I am a moderator for LesFam. And I want to thank you all for coming to listen to our podcast. And I hope you have listened to the previous podcast. It gives you a little insight on who we are and what our mission is. And that once you come into LesFam, you are a part of our family. There is no process because we've been asked, what do we need to do? To be a part of your family. All you need to do is come in, join our lives, come into all of our forms of social media if you would like, and that's it. And we're here to support you. None of us are licensed counselors, but we are here to support you. If you need someone to, you know, just listen, we're here for you. So again, my name is Vicki and I am one of the moderators at LesFam. I actually started going into Tina's live right around the time her relationship was ending with her now ex. And I had never been really on TikTok. I accidentally joined TikTok because I wanted to um, watch a video. So I signed up. I want to say I signed up maybe in March. And of course, we know the pandemic was getting in full swing around that time. So I signed up. And then I was like, oh, what's this? I can go, oh, this is a live. And the first live I saw actually was Tina's live. And I was probably on her live for a few weeks. When I went on one time and Tina was in tears. And it was so sad to watch. And of course, you know, I'm the person and I've always been the person. I'll be there to support you. And I could see the sincere hurt that Tina was feeling. And out of that hurt, though, we started building, you know, she created a new name. She got honey and it was off and running. And then I met some of the other moderators, and we have all become pretty close uh, friends. While we all have not met in person, we do a lot behind the scenes that many people don't even know we do. And that's just to keep everything running um, as smoothly as possible and to let you all know that we are here for you. So let me go on and give you some of my background information. Okay, I am originally from upstate New York in a city area of upstate New York, surrounded by mountains and, um, you know, lots of snow in the winter. <laughs> I was born to a single mom, and she was actually with my stepdad at the time, but they did not marry until I was two years old. And there's a picture actually on some of my videos of myself with my grandmother and of another family member um, on the day of my mom's wedding. So at the age of two, they married and life was not very easy or very happy. I never have met my real father and that's another story. But um, okay, so my dad worked as a runner for uh, a Gen General Motors um, car dealership. 
And a runner is a person who gets your title, does everything in there, runs the cars through, inspection, things like that. So the cool thing was, you know, I remember as a little kid, my dad would take me to school sometimes, and he thought it was really funny. One time, I guess somebody traded in a hearse, and he took me around Halloween time to school in the hearse. So yeah, that was that was an adventure that day. And he's taking me to school in a Winnebago. You know, whatever he had to take through inspection. And my mom was, uh, well, when we lived in New York, she mostly worked for a shoe factory um, and made, you know, very good money back then. Um, so everything sounds pretty normal, right? You know, two hardworking parents. But life was pretty, pretty scary at times. Um, my parents were severe alcoholics. Well, they both worked. I mean, I have to say that my parents were hardworking people, um, but they drank, severely drank. And my mom many times, um, would take me to the bars with her. And I, I know at the age of two, three, four, five, many times I was in a booth sleeping till one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, times were different back then when it comes to child protective services. So my parents were always breaking up. There were always severe physical um, fights, a lot of mental abuse towards me, a lot of uh, neglect towards me. I came home many times by myself in first grade. Um, lock, lock the locks, three locks down, make sure they're all locked. And um, don't answer the door for anybody. You know, it would be six, seven, eight o'clock at night. My mom's still not home. And on one particular occasion, I remember. So I'm going to say I was around the age of six or seven, I think. Yeah. And I was hungry. It was six, you know, six o'clock at night or so. And my mom still wasn't home. And it was right around Thanksgiving. So... On one side of the sink was the turkey. On the other side of the sink were dishes. And I'm a little kid, so, you know, just think about this. I'm a little kid, and the sink is pretty high up. So, I, you know, I know to boil the water for the macaroni. You know, it's just like Kraft macaroni and cheese. Well, what I did next wasn't a great decision. <laughs> I took the colander for the macaroni and placed it on top of the turkey. And when I went to um, get the boiling macaroni off of the stove, I poured it over the colander, which was on top of the turkey, and the whole thing came and went over my entire stomach. So I'm in a little white t-shirt, and I'm running around the house, well, our apartment, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I called a couple bars. They said my mom wasn't there. And then I guess the last bar I called, they told me she wasn't there, but she called back and asked me what my problem was. So by this time, it's probably around 8 o'clock at night. So I, you know, I, I said nothing. I told her I, I hurt myself. She said well, she was coming home soon. And when she came home, let's just say she wasn't in a good mood. And she asked me why I was running around the apartment in my little white t-shirt I'm you know pulling it up and down up and down I was 
I had uh, some second degree burns. I had, I had bubbles all over my stomach. And when she pulled me over, she screamed at me and she's like, you know, what the beep, beep, beep did you do to yourself? And, you know, my mom didn't drive in upstate New York. We didn't require a car. We walked everywhere or we um, took public transportation. And so my mom started freaking out and she finally found my dad at a, either at a bar or one of his girlfriend's houses because at the time they were broken up. And as usual, as usual, that is, I was used as a pawn. And my mother was screaming at him that, you know, you don't love her. You need to get over here. If you love this kid, you'll get over here. Well, my dad didn't come. So my mom wound up taking a taxi and taking me to the hospital. And I know she told him what hospital she was taking me to. Um, so they get me in the exam room and they are saying, you know, get up here on this table, lay down flat. And it was, I remember it was a cold metal table and they took my t-shirt off me and they're like, oh my God, she's got all these, you know, burns all over her stomach. And so anyway, you know, they, they brought in two crates of ice and placed them on me. And I remember as, you know, it's, they're putting the second crate of ice on me. My dad walks in and of course my mom starts a fight with him. And so to stop the tension, as I always did, I cracked some joke. Okay, so I'm like six or seven, and I say, you know, hey, does anybody have any shampoo? Because at this time, <laughs> the ice is melting, and I'm laying in a pool of water. And they're like, what do you want shampoo for? I said, because my hair's wet. I might as well shampoo. My dad's laughing at me. And you know, that was my childhood because it was, you know, waking up, like I said, in booths at bars. Um, I remember sleeping on the ground while my mom stalked my dad at his latest girlfriend's house. And so that went on for many years. I had a really good friend at the age of six that, you know, thank goodness for them because it gave me a safe place to go and to be kind of a kid and play kickball and ride our bikes and go sledding and roller skating and you know, all those good things that as a child, every child should have to, you know, be able to experience. So my mom was in constant trouble for doing things that she shouldn't do. But again, she worked really hard. And I think the last job she had when we lived in upstate New York was a waitress. And I remember around the age of 10, my mom said, we are packing the apartment up and your grandparents are going to come get us and we're moving to Delaware. So the joke my grandmother would say later on in years is, your mom didn't just move you down here. She was told by the court she had to move you down here. They wanted her to get out of the state. So I don't know how truthful that is, but I know my mom would get herself in some crazy legal trouble um, every now and then. So at the age of 10, we moved to Delaware. And I remember as a kid in New York, you know, we would ride our bikes everywhere. And I mean everywhere, major highways, miles and miles. And so now we get all of our things packed up in my grandparents' station wagon. And I remember leaving all my things behind, had to give my dog away. And 
off to Delaware we go. <laughs> and I wanted to ride my bike places, but Delaware was like farms and farms, and then you had the beach. So it was kind of the best of both worlds, but there was, there were no buses. You know, taking a taxi is like, was, you know, back then was like ordering a limousine because it was very expensive to live at the beach area. So we moved with my grandparents and my mom could never leave me alone again while I was with my grandparents. I was safe and my grandparents weren't always the nicest people toward me. Um, and they would say some harsh things toward me and treat me certain ways. And all that stems from who my mother, you know, <laughs> who my mom was. And, but they always made sure I had a meal, you know, my homework was done, and I knew what hard work was. And so, Mom still took me to bars every now and then, but the bars were different. <laughs> they didn't allow my mom to leave me in the booth sleeping by myself. And we would live at my grandparents for a while, and then my mom would move in with some guy. Um, there was a lot of boyfriends in my mom's life, and that included my life in New York and my life in Delaware as a kid. Since my mom was a severe alcoholic, many times my mom would pass out. And being a kid, it always was not the safest setting for me. And my joke is, well, back then I could run real fast, but it was true, you know? And the same things happened in Delaware as they did in New York um, pertaining to that. Um, but I remember, you know, living at the beach and just thinking how beautiful it was as a kid to be near the ocean and I could play in the sea foam and, you know, play on the water. And yeah, I did miss the pools though because I don't like, still to this day, I don't like playing in the ocean. But I love the water and to be by the water and it brings me peace. And when I was a kid and things were really bad, I just remember sitting on the boardwalk, picking a bench and just sitting there and listening to the water because nobody would bother me. I just hear the sound of the ocean and that always brought me peace. So many times, you know, we would live in our own place or mom was with a, a new boyfriend and we were always traveling back and forth between my grandparents, our own place, then my mom and dad would try to get back together. My dad would come back from New York, and it never ended well. Um, a lot of screaming, hollering, uh, physical abuse um, towards each other. The abuse towards me was mostly emotional um, when I was a little kid, and still now, you know. I, I was a bigger kid. I was chunky, and um, yeah, I mean... I. I, I rode my bike and roller skated and everything a kid did, but, you know, when puberty hit, I gained a lot of weight as a kid. And my dad would say jokes that were very hurtful. Um, my mom would say things. Uh, I remember, like, around the age of 12 or 13, my mom would, she started saying these things to me like, you know, if you would just lose weight, any little boy would just think you're adorable. 
okay, mom. But here I am, a pretty good kid. Not the best student. Um, I had some learning disabilities. Not the best student, but I was a pretty good kid. I mean, never got in any trouble really at school. Never even had a detention. Um, but I was just one of those kids who tried to stay out of trouble, do what I was supposed to do. At the age of 10, <laughs> three days a week, I worked for a uh, family as their sleep-in babysitter for three children and went to school as well. And I remember, you know, being 12 and I was a waitress. I worked at a french fry place up on our avenue, which is right there near the ocean. And then I worked in more restaurants. My mom was a waitress back then. And she did. She, my mom did work hard. Um, my mom just was never the nicest or kindest person. And, you know, when she went to hug you, it was like, are you going to hug me? Or are you just going to, like, tap me on my shoulders? So today, I always make sure when I hug you, I hug you the right way. And... That was something I believe that my mom got from my grandmother because my grandmother was the same way. She just wasn't a very affectionate person. And so, you know, life goes on. And at that time, when I was like 13, you know, at the age of 13, by then I was living again, I believe, with my grandparents and was introduced to my first real love who later on in life, I actually wound up marrying at the age of 18. So yeah, I, I got married at the end of May when I was 18 years old. And in the beginning of June, I graduated from high school. So can we see where this is going? <laughs> so yeah, I married a guy who was in the army and I had known him since I was a kid myself, we worked on a 25-acre horse farm. I did everything from watching um, the children to house-sitting the mansion, taking care of 16 to 25 Arabians. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I did everything at the, that age. And, yeah, so eventually, you know... He graduated from high school and went into the army. And at the age of 16, I was told by him that he was going to marry me. I wasn't asked. There was no nothing. You know, I was 16. I mean, so gullible, right? So two years later, that's, you know, we got married. And we lived in North Carolina for a little bit because he was a paratrooper for the 82nd Airborne in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And I met some very good people down there. And then I needed to return back to Delaware because he had to go overseas and it was going to take a while um, for him to get housing for us. So I stayed in Delaware and I worked while he was in, at the time it was West Germany, 
because it was still East and West Germany. And so, yeah, he went over there and I want to say six or seven months later, he got us housing. Now, instead of just getting us housing on post, which means right on the military post, that wasn't good enough. He had to um, put me on a mountain surrounded by no other Americans, really. Um, All my neighbors were Germans and very nice people, but I didn't speak German. But then I found out, you know, I could get into the military wives clubs and meet some people and I found out that you know there were a couple people in my neighborhood now where I lived believe me it was beautiful I lived on top of a mountain surrounded by vineyards and castles and again sounds pretty doesn't it but things again took a turn We would always invite people to come into our home and stay, especially if they were having problems with their housing um, until they would get that straightened out. So uh, one of the people that we brought into our house um, was a person that we met on a military um, castle cruise for the 4th of July. And... I didn't listen to my instincts and let's just say, you know, my husband had other plans with this person and I came out one time to find my husband and this other person in a compromising position. And here I am at this time I had an infant child. So the decision was made that I would go back to the States and yeah so the ticket was bought for myself and my daughter to go back to the States and then the day before I was to leave back to the States my husband decided that he wanted to work on our marriage and me being again young and naive thought oh yeah this can work we can do this I can make this work He'll love me. You know, we've known each other since we were kids. We can get through this. So, I actually, I only had a one-way ticket for my daughter and myself because he had decided that I just needed to go back to the States before we decided to try and work it out. So, okay. I went back, back to Delaware and didn't hear from my husband. And at the time, you know, calling overseas, that was very expensive. And I asked my grandmother if it was okay if I could use her phone and I would pay the bill. And of course she said, go ahead. Well, my husband didn't pick the phone up, but the other person did. So I went into fight or flight mode because here I am, 20 years old, with a baby, two suitcases full of summer clothes, and maybe $40 in my pocket. So I found a job and then I found two jobs. And I did some crazy things back then, but I always took good care of my daughter. And at one of my jobs, that's where I met the future husband number two. And yeah, so that was a rebound relationship. I had 
you know, a lot of codependency issues back then. If you know what that is, I always felt like I could save people and help them out and, you know, make them all better. (laughs) So what I did with husband number two was I wanted to get him out of a very dangerous situation where he was living with his mother and his sister and get him back to his dad in New Jersey. And so I did. I helped him. I got him on the ferry and he went home. And, you know, I thought that was the end of it. You know, he was going to call me and we would talk and, you know, we had dated a little bit with my infant daughter at the age of 20. I mean, oh my gosh, just the things, you know, when you look back on life, they just amaze you at times. So I'm in Delaware. I'm working as a deli girl. from like 7 to 3 or 7 to 2 and then I would go and work in a clothing store right in the mall where the grocery store was so I literally would go in change you know wash up change and get into my clothes selling clothing (laughs) you know so from the deli girl to the sales girl I probably smelled like, you know, salami, but I didn't think back then. I just, you know, did. And then I'd say probably like a month or so later, my future husband, number two, decided he couldn't live without me. And his parents, well, his dad and his his dad's fiance at the time told him that I could bring my daughter and myself there and live with them while we got on our feet. So I packed up my little Dodge Omni and my baby and got on the ferry and moved to New Jersey. Well, that relationship didn't really last long. Um, I want to say when my daughter, so when my daughter was uh, about three and a half years old, we had a, another child between us. He and I had another uh, little girl. So I had a a daughter from my first husband, and I wasn't married to my second husband at the time, but we did marry in December, and then in the end of January, my daughter was born. And fast forward a few months, I was doing laundry. We had a business together, and I also worked in childcare at the time. And fast forwarding, Things were starting to get a little weird, and you could tell things just weren't right. But back then, I wouldn't say anything. I just walked on eggshells, exactly how I did with my first marriage. And I'm doing laundry, and a phone number falls out of the pocket. I didn't even have to call the number. I knew what it was. And so, yeah, that was the beginning of the end of that relationship. A friend came back from Delaware and he moved me back to Delaware with two daughters now. And I did move in with my grandparents, but at one point my uh, daughters and I became homeless. And we weren't living on the street or living in my car, but We were couch surfing, and we had to live with my mom for a while, wherever she was at the time, and it was never a good thing. 
Um, then I got accepted in transitional housing. I was going to college. I got a degree in human services. I did a couple internships. I remember writing papers while I'm in the office of the transitional housing program with my girls playing on the floor as I'm writing these long papers. And I remember my girls at my college graduation and how proud of me that they, they were, you know? And that is something nobody can take from me. And the things, the thing with being a mom is there is no handbook. But living through what I did with my mother and the craziness, when I had children, I truly decided that that was what I was going to dedicate my life to, was my children. And, and I did. I definitely was not the perfect mom, but I always try to make light of situations and show my girls that I love them and that life was about being there. It wasn't about the things you had. And I mean, we had it very rough financially, um, but both my girls grew up to be really wonderful young women. And no, while they are not perfect, nor are their lives perfect, I am so very proud of them. My oldest daughter is an elementary school teacher. My youngest daughter is a preschool teacher. They are both parents. My one daughter has two adorable boys. And my other daughter has my granddaughter, who is close by here where I live. And those three children, they are, they are my heartbeats. I'm so proud of them. And I'm so proud of, you know, what I have overcome. And I'm proud of my outlook on life. And, you know, they kid at Les Fam that I'm the queen of kindness. Well, I just want people to know that I accept them and I love them for who they are. And while I might not agree upon everybody's decision, I'm not here to judge anybody. I know what I've been through, and I know what I believe in. And I believe in love is love, and I'm not here to judge. Just be a good person. Try not to hurt anybody along your way. And if you do, apologize to them. And when you apologize, only apologize if you mean it. So, while I am a person that does not have a coming out story to give you, I will tell you this. I have been a single person who has dated, um, divorced twice and has dated since then, but has not dated for the past three years. And how do I label myself? Well, I label myself as a person that is straight but believes in love is love. And if a good person came into my life that was a woman, 
I would welcome them with open arms. And yeah, here I am at the age of 53. And yeah, I have some wonderful, wonderful people in my life um, that are lesbians, um, that are gay men, and they just treat me so wonderfully, and I love them, and I don't care who they love, as long as they are a good person with good qualities, that's all I care about. So, now you know a little bit more about me, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And I hope you will take the time to listen to all of the previous podcasts. Um, going, starting from Tina. And working your way down to me now. Um, and I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to get to know me a little bit better. And while I did not do a questions and answers, if you do um, want to send me a DM please feel free and I will go through them. And what I feel comfortable answering, I will answer. Um, It's been really nice to be able to speak with you on this topic. Even though it's not always easy to talk about yourself and um, touch on some of the major things in life that have affected your outlook. So thank you again. And I hope you all have a wonderful day.